Buenas primos y primas and welcome to my primos podcast. My name is Freddie. With me tonight we have some special guests, but of course I'm going to introduce my co-host. Flew in literally to be on this show. Paid Uber, surge prices, lost some luggage, lost the love, and <sighs> Mr. Kevin Garcia.com. Say what's up, Kevin. What's up, Kevin? Oh. Always ready. Always ready. <laughs> of course, of course. Kevin Garcia joining us, of course. Just made it in time, like I said. But we also are joined by some new primas on the show. We have is Maxi Rodriguez. Hi. Say hi, Maxi. Hi. <laughs> we'll get her out of her uh, show. We'll yeah, get her out of her show. Chubby Bunny, which uh, you can find on Instagram and TikTok and a bunch of other amazing places. Definitely. And we also have Miss Jules Rivera, joined by the, uh, I don't know, this, this, this like blinking blink, like lights of the Virgin Mary behind you. I have really excellent set pieces, okay? If, my, if I thought to face my laptop the other way, you'd be seeing my conga drums and my laser palm tree. Her laser that palm tree like a, is the best. That sounds yeah. like a Hulu original that I would watch. I would. I would uh, definitely yeah, just watch that. On, I'm working on the pitch deck. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> You got the right color scheme for Hulu anyway, so you're good. And all of the laser palm tree crap. Like, this is kind of what happens when you take a tropical bird and you raise it in the city. And the bird is like, well, I like these city lights. They're pretty freaking lit, literally. Literally. And uh, I'm like, but also I like bright colors and tropical things. Here, let me see if I could just swing you around just for a second to look at the laser palm tree. This is legendary. So yeah, that is my You literally thing. have a laser palm tree in your living room. <laughs> what? You don't Fre- Freddie, look at your backdrop. Hey, I'm amongst the stars. Yeah, you know. Okay. I'm I, a I feel I feel so inadequate compared to you guys. Look at Maxi. A room full of merch. Yeah, the problem is though, I can't like from this angle, all you would see is the spiral trunk. So you wouldn't really get the tree effect. Like I you, does that is that a working tree? Like, do you travel with it? And like, as you put it up, and it's like your thing, sort of working know, tree. Here, it's my tree. It, oh, okay. it, it, it's a it's a lazy tree that doesn't do the work it should. No, Laser. it's an excellent tree that does double duty. Actually, Ooh, I'm better. Glad you mentioned that. So when I first got the laser palm tree, I first um, I first got it as a Christmas tree for myself because I was living in this LA apartment that was a studio in 500 square feet, just enough. Just enough mm-hmm. to exist, and uh, I, I had no kind of square footage, and uh, and so the laser palm tree actually has a very narrow base that could fit into my weird little apartment. And I was like, you know, I've always wanted one of those laser palm trees anyway. And I got the Mark Trail job because now I'm the Mark Trail artist, and I hear of my wonderful, handsome son and his family. I'm very proud of them. It's and that's nice. what I was going to add right now. I was introducing Maxi's creations, Jules, creator of Love Jewels, which can also be found online, and Mark Wait. Trail, which can be found online and in newspapers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm fast. I'm so fast. We have professional professional artists with us today. We are Ooh, in. Oh, I the, love that. The, that looks like you. The midst of greatness. <laughs> it, it is her. <laughs> it's literally me. It is you. The hair too. Because yeah, green. I- I, I should sell it as me. I'm like, hey, it's, it's the, this is the most meest book I've, I've ever created. Um, so anyway, what was I talking about earlier with the, um, the laser palm tree? So laser palm tree started as a Christmas tree, but then Christmas was over. And I'm like, 
I'm not taking this down. And I realized, like, I just took all the Christmas decor off, and I was like, I just have a laser pop for living in my life now. And I'm like, and so I got one of those little Alexa doodads, and now the laser palm tree is also voice controlled. So. A voice controlled laser palm tree. You bet. That, that laser palm tree gets better. Massive, so. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, it sounds like a Prince record, you know, <laughs> literally does. It does. <laughs> Of course, we're going to talk here. We'll make sure you guys can follow Jules and follow Maxi. We'll get, of course, all our socials over uh, our posts and throughout the show. We'll make sure to mention that. But of course, guys, you can follow us at My Primos Podcast on all the streaming services around the globe. We're, look for us. We're there. We're on Alexa, by the way. If you say Alexa, My Primos Podcast, you will find us on Audible. So we're there. But also, guys, uh, at My Primos Podcast on social media, share, like, and I still have not received any hate voicemails. We requested them. We want these voicemails. I want hate. I want that, especially for Chikume, because he couldn't make it because he had a sty. So I uh, sty eye. So that's why he's out, guys. Oh, still. Oh, no, I don't even I, have fun with that one. Like, yeah, oh. let, let's let's not have bad health. I would suggest against. No, but he'll survive. That's he's, how you get through it. He'll get through it. He had scabies once before too, I think. Or a scabies scare. I don't so let's so, so let's talk about uh, all of Chikume's <laughs> uh, various uh, you know diseases and, and health conditions while he's absent. And he's not he, here. Yeah, yeah, that's so the we idea. Can do yeah, that. yeah. yeah, you know why? Because Chikume comes in, man. He, he he rocks the show, and he goes and parties, and he comes back, sadly sick. But we move forward, guys. Here we are. We have some great guests. We're here talking about some new TV shows, some new streaming services we chatted about a little bit. But I also wanted to give you guys a, a moment as well, each of you to kind of talk a little bit about yourselves before we dive into that. Uh, Maxi, you know, we, he, Kevin touched on it, but let's talk about you, your ads, what you're, let's talk about what you do. I want you to kind of take it on and deliver your message. Okay, um, let me see. Uh... Where'd Jules go? <laughs> it, 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 she she glitched out. She'll be back in a moment. She'll be uh, back. So if you if you're if you are talking about uh, you know what you do to somebody who's not seen it yet, how would you describe it, and where can they find it? What what is it you make, and why do you make it? Um, so I'm the creator of the semi-famous comic uh, Chronicles of a Chubby Bunny, which is uh, <clears throat> the story of a of a plus-sized Latina. Um, she lacks the self-confidence. Um, she uh, she's kind of like me. I she doesn't like to talk much, and so she creates this persona of hers, Chubby Bunny. And um, Chubby Bunny's more like the confident, sassy version of her that dresses up in cosplays. Uh, she's dressed up as Wonder Woman, Shira. Uh, she's dressed as Star Sapphire in the past, and she usually takes on their powers. And then, uh, like uh, she mostly deals with mental health issues, fat phobic issues, feminist issues. You know, she kind of touches on that stuff. Um, but I try to keep it somewhat family friendly, so I created an alternative series called Plus Size Girl Magic. And that one talks about the more serious topics, like uh, one of the issues I touched on in Plus Size Girl Magic that actually got people talking 
was the whole Usher scandal when he gave a, a, an STI to a plus size girl and no one believed her because she was fat or she was, you know, chubby. She was um, plus size. And they're like, no way would Usher screw a fat cow like her. Usher's not wow. into fat girls like that. And I touched on that subject. And even like some people who I called my friends online were, were also calling her a liar because of this. And I'm just like, okay, first of all, just because someone's plus size doesn't mean they're not. Can I cuss on this or no? Yeah, you can fucking cuss. Go for it. You can, you can just, just I restrain myself, but you all may go as needed. <laughs> she's there. She, she's, a, she's on board. You're fine. <laughs> so my my whole message was just because someone's plus size doesn't mean they're not fuckable. And I even drew some sex scenes in there where Chubby Bunny has sex with her boyfriend, who is a husky, well muscular built man. And some people took issue on that. And I remember, and I I tell this on all every convention I go to. I had a couple go up to my booth once. They picked up my book and they're like, kind of doing this thing like. Like disgusted kind of yeah like that and they're like what? why do you draw this and i'm like to piss you off <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what Maxie? you were you were probably awakening something inside them that they didn't want to admit to themselves i mean i think her artwork is sexy and like in a sexy way i was like okay all right hey man, i, I want to i'm, I'm wanting to join her patreon to see what what else she got going on you know that because the big is beautiful oh, yeah. man i have a patreon that's why i post all the nsfw stuff because you know social media um and then like i'm also on tiktok like jules was mentioning some time ago yeah. where like you know the man boobies video <laughs> but my most viewed video is where i smacked handsome stallion's ass in the shower and that was also a topic I touch in my comics is about, you know, masculinity and how, you know, masculinity doesn't have to be toxic. Like uh, my husband and Handsome Sound is based on my husband. Can I, can I just jump in and say I've had conversations with you where you've just referred to your husband nonchalantly as Handsome Stallion. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's the way it should oh, be done. My I wife calls me Gordito. I don't get a dope ass <laughs> name like that, you know? Well, <laughs> I didn't uh, get a good name. That's the name. Oh, all I gotta say, she's goals. Hey, as long as it works, as long as it works, the name I, goals. Like, you know, people ask me, you know, handsome sound. Where'd you get that name? I'm like, I didn't give it to him. Did and you, it's actually, did you look at him with your eyeballs. <laughs> I, I have seen him, <laughs> and this is. is accurate. There you go. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I just call him Handsome Sally because that's the nickname he gave himself. And people are asking me, is there gonna be an origin story? And I'm like, you sure you want to know? Where handsome Stanley came from? They're like, yes. I'm like, okay. People do because you know there's gonna be two. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, stay up to date. And only my patreons have access to the handsome Stanley origin comics as I'm working on them because I am currently making a book about it. So you, we people will actually see. The we gotta origin. join the Patreon, everybody. I think <laughs> we can like. We can write off a Patreon membership, right, Kevin? Yeah, that counts as business business related. It is business related. And it's it's also research. Research. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Support the artist. Definitely. My my comics also touch about masculinity. Kevin was with me in Austin when I talked about my husband's ass in a university setting. (laughs) It it was an academic discussion of your husband's posterior. (laughs) Was he present or was he not even there? No, I I think he was in the room. 
No, no his ass, ass, not him. I mean, right? Isn't that what it's all about? So his ass, because you know, men are taught don't show your emotions. Um, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that because consider feminine. But my husband's like the opposite. He loves facials, he loves manicures, he loves pedicures. That's I gotta, I gotta admit, the first word you said, my brain went somewhere else. I'm sorry, Kevin. You, you know how men. regular hygiene things that regular people should be doing all the freaking time. Right? That's not feminine. That is literal self care. Okay, I don't, okay, I, so messed up. No, I got it. Here's the thing. Sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. right, go ahead, Kevin. No, <laughs> it's like I don't do that stuff, but not because of a masculine, you know, thing. I'm just lazy. And if somebody else is like, "No, you're going to go do this right now," I'll be like, "All right, let's do it." Who made you lazy? Kevin? The other thing is, he also likes pink. He likes to garden. He likes to cook. He likes to clean. Like he's the the more things. Jesus, does he have a brother? Oh, <laughs> sisters. Is there a, a brother named Pony Boy? I don't know. I mean, is there... <laughs> did well, Jules is like, where do you live? He also likes to paint his nails, and I usually paint them for him. I mean, for you, all of these sound like amazing things. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, masculinity got y'all so messed up that you think that taking care of your the skin on your face is only for girls. And I'm like, you don't even have skin like on your face, right? Skin. Right. And you know, I got everybody has skin. You should. Right. We, were we were taught that you rub some dirt on it, and scars are cool. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, that's <laughs> Like he gets facials. Everybody should get a facial if you have a face. Yeah, and he likes making jewelry. And like, I gotta thank my mother-in-law for that because she raised him. You know, she's like, screw these male stereotypes. You know, you need to take care of yourself. You know, you need to learn how to cook. You need to learn how to clean because I don't want your poor wife to be your surrogate. You know, your your new mother or something. So she was my mom. Like, ah. To her credit, she told me the same thing. She goes, "What if you marry someone that doesn't know how to cook? Like, you need to learn how to feed yourself, know how to sew." Because you're not gonna walk around with holes in your shirts, and I'm like, okay, mama, I got it. I got so it. yeah, this like what my comics touch on, and like, and I do get a lot of hate mail for it. Like my TikTok is the worst one. It's they the best her. one. Well, after all the hate from them, like I've had. Hey, people, you know what? When someone's hating, you're doing some good shit. You know what I, I mean? Some of these people have actually written on my TikTok. I hope you die. It's like, oh, have fun dying at 30 from cardiac arrest. I'm like, I'm 31. So okay, but here, here's the thing. They're commenting on that. They are giving you actual like boost, boost in the algorithm, right? So like hate all you want. It's going to keep adding to it. It's going to make it get spread more. Like, so hold on. They're, they're, they're writing hate because of the character you're drawing just because of, the, of her weight? No, they're, no, 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 no. They're writing hate because they're idiots and assholes. Yeah, uh, like that's just the excuse they're using. Exactly. Like, this is really cute. I love this. I love the art. A lot of like, people, I, especially in the United States, are conditioned to believe that only a certain size person is healthy, even though you have to do a lot of people have to do really, really, really unhealthy stuff to get there. Like, hello, eating disorders are real, guys. <laughs> So, uh, like, I, I believe it's it's best to just love all the body types. Yeah, I, I grew I, I know, I guess I grew up in my scenario was more so, like, I was always about the voluptuous woman. And, like, I even had, like, the pinups, you know, like, the pinup models and the pinup stuff, like, just, like, Betty Page, thick women were attractive to me, are attractive to me, like, women full-figured. And even just a beautiful woman's face. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physical attribute, but just, like, a beauty. Doesn't have to be something like that. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I created this content to bring awareness to this kind of issues. Like uh, even my 
my husband's not here he's at work but uh i've had you know there's people where they would go up to him and tell him like oh why are you into her do you have a fat fetish and he's like i just like beautiful intelligent women what the fuck's your problem and he hates it because he hates being accused of having a fat fetish and it's like what's wrong with me loving this uh and uh, oh my god i'm gonna repeat. it's insulting you know to be fair to you right no, i don't know what it, speak it, for you it but is. it's insulting. I don't that like our, hey I mean, that's why the magic of the glasses if people say stupid shit to me i just do this i just go <laughs> and you walk out throw your scarf over your shoulder and leave of course like, I, i've had it uh-huh. Maxie, I've, I've had that issue before too, where I would I was dating somebody, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's because you're a chubby taster." You're a chubby. I'm like, "The hell, you know?" Like I went out with her because I want to go out with her. There's this uh, one I particular. Like, yeah, and what? That's right. Yeah. I like all that ass. I'm sorry you can't appreciate all that ass. I'm sorry there, you don't go there. that far. You're jealous, aren't but you? There, there was this particular person who I was dating. They went up to my husband once, and they're like. You know, you can do so much better. I mean, I mean, she's cute. She's average, but she's wow. She's not even that pretty. It's like, okay, fine. You like smart girls. You should date someone of your league from your looks. And my husband looks at this person. He's like, what's wrong with me worshiping this beautiful plus size goddess? Or, you know, right here, and I'm not even paying attention. I'm like, who is he talking? Who's he calling a plus size goddess? <laughs> You're like looking for her. Oh, well, he's, he's like, Do you not see that ass? He's like, look, at, and then he's just like describing me physically. And he's like, and then he said some, you know, bed, bed stuff. Sure. I'm not gonna repeat. And then this person just stares at him and is like, I didn't need to know all that. And he's like, No, you did because you know what? You insulted my wife. And yeah. I don't like it when people. You know, disregard. You know, call. You know, say that shit to about my wife, especially when her back's turned. Like, if you have something to say, go say it to her face. And we and this person, she like, could defend herself. You know, no. as well, right? I mean, I think it's it's awesome. It sideways, don't they? <laughs> so yeah, like I even had an issue, uh, and this was at WonderCon this year because I did my first WonderCon, and someone oh, saw geez. my TikToks, and they brought up the one where I smacked his butt. And he's this guy goes up to my husband. And he's like, "Are you okay with your wife making content like this about your butt? Like, aren't you like uncomfortable with her drawing stuff about your butt and just smacking you without your consent?" He's like, first of all, she has my consent. Why are you getting offended for me if I'm not offended?" And he's like, second of all, you see this shirt? Um, you see uh, this food she got me? You see this gym membership? She got me that with her TikTok money. So yeah, I no. Love it. She can draw about my ass and everything for all I care. Because, you know, That's awesome. I'm benefiting right. from it. So, okay. no, I, I, I am a fan. I followed you uh, online. I love your stuff. It's hilarious. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's a great statement, too. Not just that, you know, to give empowerment and just feel like you have a place. There's no reason for that hate, you know? But, Maxie, what's your, what's your social that people can follow you at? Uh, so, um, see. I'll just spell it out. Yeah. So my social is Kasudo Productions, which is K-A-S-U-T-O Productions. Um, and you can find me under that name um, on Instagram. On, uh, I think my YouTube channel, I think, gets me on that too. Um, my TikTok. And then, um, and then uh, Twitter. I, I have it under Chubby Bunny Art because apparently Casuto Productions was taken. <laughs> I don't know how. It, it, you had a stalker. They wanted to be you. 
it probably mm-hmm. were. And uh, also have a Patreon um, where I have I currently have three tiers, which is the three dollar one a month, the uh, six dollar a month, and then there's the fifteen dollar or the twelve month dollar a month. Um, but like Patreons get exclusive access to all my artwork including NSFW art because everything that I post on social media is censored because, you know, social media gets offended by girl titties and fat girl titties. So screw it. Um, And then like I do also this uh, where um, I'm trying to bring back my phone wallpapers where all Patreons get phone wallpapers. I only have one up so far, which was of Lady Dimitriscu. Oh, cool. And then you have what's his name, Ethan, in the back saying, "Hey, before you kill me, can you do this to me?" <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair if he's got to die anyway, you know. <laughs> exactly. by, by the way, uh, by the way, uh, you mentioned WonderCon. I've seen you at, at other conventions too. I have this this uh, notebook that I take with me, and I have artists drawn it whenever they want to. And I want to show some of the art that I have. I have this amazing chubby bunny drawn by an amazing <laughs> artist, but also in here. I have this other amazing surfer girl. Yes, about that riding. Amazing piece. Let's ride that party wave. I draw crap. Mis- I don't even know. I'm even drawing him. <laughs> exactly. So oh, tell us about the stuff you do draw. What did you make, thing. Jules? What, was that? what do you make, Jules? What is it you I make? I I make. Uh, well, first of all, I'm a syndicated artist. And I work on Mark Trail. This is a 75 year running strip. It's uh, with kink features. So and you've been working on it most of that 75 years, correct? Uh, oh, I feel like it. <laughs> uh, no, I took over in 2020, and uh, I've been working on it ever since. Um, it's just been a lot of fun, and it's it's a really great ride. But um, but I'm also really excited to um, announce that uh, the upcoming uh, launch of my book, Love Jewels Ride or Die. Um, I've been doing the Love Jewels web comic for a couple of years now, and like it was nothing I took like super seriously. Just like some stupid collections of just my own personal thoughts as, as comics. It's basically like. I just call it as like badass woman comics. These woman comics by badass women for badass women, as as interpreted by badass women, which is me. I'm the badass women, because usually badass women in media culture are usually written by the dudes who got robbed by badass women. So we don't get a very positive light. And I'm like, <laughs> has it ever occurred to you, sir, that maybe you deserve to get robbed? Maybe True. you had it coming. So uh, yeah, so Love Jules Ryder died is about the collection of surfing strips that I did specifically. Because, yeah, Love Jewels is about my life and stuff, but um, Ride or Die is uh, it's very specifically the surfing strips. And, you know, this back cover may be it's so Nice. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Not a lot of room here. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to. So I get the proofs of this book next week, and I'm just slowly, like, building up my, uh, my stores of, like, stickers and other things that'll be able to be ordered along as a, with a pre-order to start uh, you know getting pre-orders uh, going for the book itself the book is going to be self-published on uh, on uh, amazon kindle direct so uh, i i just wanted to skip a publisher with love jewels because i know no publisher would ever want to touch it and i just wanted to exist so like it's out and, 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 uh, when you do love jewels you do you do your own comics you've, you've uh you said before that kind of it's cathartic sometimes. Like you have you and and, uh, and the bird having conversations, and you're like getting getting you know, move, working through stuff. Oh yeah, I almost, I almost used a different word, but I stopped myself and I said stuff. 
work, working through, you know, um, you know, mental things that I've got going on. Uh, I've been working through a lot of depression this year. Um, but there's a there's a cause for the depression. I'm going to type it in the comments, and then everybody can just see the reactions. I can't actually say what happened, but uh, here, here's here's I'm going to type it in there. As, as long as the as the true cause is not the loss of laser tree, because laser tree is the most. Oh, the laser tree is uh, is live forever. That'd be tragic. Laser tree, something happens to laser tree. <laughs> I'm curious why you type that in. Is it like? Surf culture for me was always more like uh, I grew up in LA. I went to school oh, in San Pedro. Conversation now. Yeah, we're having this conversation now. I'm curious. I never saw a big like Latino like surfer movement. Like, is that a something that I just missed out on? Like over my head. Um. First of all, yeah, actually, um, I was just talking to Rafael Navarro, who um works on the comics, um, Somnambulo, and um, Blazing. Guns blazing. There you go. <laughs> I know words, I swear. Um, so anyway, Rafa was just telling me how he does longboarding. He just had to fall in with the right crew. Um, for me, I got into surfing by myself because I'm headstrong as hell. I, I just, I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. And people are like, I, I don't know if I, if you should do that. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't need your permission. You're dumb. So, um, yeah. So I got into surfing because I wanted to get into surfing because I had a lifelong relationship with the water. I'm Puerto Rican. We're island people. All right? You get me near a beach, I'm like, ah, like I'm home, right? So um, getting surfing was getting a lot closer to that kind of island girl vibe that I've been missing my whole life. Because um, I always saw, like, <clears throat> I grew up, like, in L.A. For me, I was like, oh, shit, look, Hawaii Five O. There's Saved by the Bell. Like all this, like it's how you just kind of attributed to that stuff. Like, what was it? California Dreams, all the TV stuff. Because I didn't get to go to the beach. Mm. Yeah, that's another thing. There's a lot of swim privilege when it comes to, um, you know, people with proximity to the beach. Um, we'll definitely, I'll definitely, I've definitely noticed that when I talk to certain people, they're like, yeah, I would love to go um, to the beach, but I never learned to swim. And not even just Latinos, it's white people too. I'm just like, <laughs> So it's really kind of, it's amazing how many people are just kept away from like swimming for whatever reasons, you know, really just capitalism reasons, because the price of literally getting into clean water is going up and up and up and up. And I'm sure my homie Mark Trail is going to have some, some uh, my, my darling son is going to have something to say about that. So anyway. And, and wait, do you take your adventures that you do out in, in nature and take that to Mark Trail? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, a lot of stuff that's in Mark Trail is loosely roughly based on stuff that either happened to me or I read articles about. Um, some of the characters and some of the situations are kind of similar to my personal life stuff, but uh, I never give away like actual personal details or anything. Well, yeah, but but like stuff that you've done in the, it, it, I was going to say in the wild, that sounds weird, um, but like, <laughs> like uh, you, you've you recently posted a, a surf comic where you got to surf with a dog and you just, you said it made your day. Can we see Mark Trail surf with the dog at some point? I want to see that happen. I don't know that Mark Trail is a surfer, but he should become a surfer. Uh, well, there are characters who do surf on Mark Trail. A lot of them are the villains. And uh, that's really a commentary on how surf culture attracts really rich douchebags. And that's just true. And the surfers, if you don't like the really rich douchebags in your water, why do you live in your Malibu? You did this to yourself. So anyway, I got into surf culture because I wanted to. And also, I promised a friend of mine I would take her surfing when she came out to visit in California, but I didn't know how to surf. 
And I was like, so you had to learn. I had to learn at that point. I was gonna. I needed to not be a liar. So, and all that is gonna be in the Love Jewels book. That's like first chapter right there. So you know what, Love Jewels looks dope. I don't know if it's something you may want to do down the line. Cause I love the look. I love the vibe. I want a Love Jewels coloring book. Like oh. I feel like it lends itself for that. I can see that. And then and then you know you have this brand of of, the, of this beautiful green hair that you have. But then watch yeah. the coloring book. You see pictures I posted. It'll be like red and, and green and blue and red. And you'll be like. Maybe no. Inspired. And all the flavors of jewels. I don't know, man. I mean, let's be real. I'm just like a really weird alien swap Barbie girl myself. So I started getting. So I took the surf lesson, and it was literally one of those incredible experiences in my life. I'm like, this is like making Mother Nature your own personal water slide, and I must be on this thing forever. And I've been chasing the dragon ever since. Except, what if I chase a dragon, caught up with him, and then rode him a little longer? Huh? A little bit each time. So, uh, yeah, so ever since then, I've just been making my life more and more about surfing. And surfing has magically just improved. Well, I mean, I don't really believe you because you're not wearing puka shells, you know? So that's the only way I can identify one. Excuse me. This is a St. Christopher medallion. You will learn about that in the 60-ish of this book on how I almost died. So. We'll learn about the value of a good St. Christopher medallion. Get back. Come back alive. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, and also, I'm literally Puerto Rican. Hi, I don't have to prove my tropicalness. That's another thing. It, it's easy <laughs> to be intimidated by, you know, being out there, you know, because mostly just white dudes. But, it, I mean, it's easy to say, you, um, you go, oh, my God, well, they, they're here, and this is kind of like more their territory, and it's not my territory. You have to remind yourself, first of all, that shit ain't their territory either. I'm like, bitch, you don't speak Ma Are you one of the Malibu tribe? No. Then I don't know what you're doing here. Other than freezing on a mountain. Clown. Anyway. <laughs> Jules. Those are our guests. Those are our guests I today. love it. I love it. Jules, what's, uh, where can people follow you? Where can they find your work? Where can they buy your book? Like, what can, just where can they find you? Okay, well, um, if you just Google love, uh, just love Jules, just Al's, and you'll see that in the chat. Uh, Love.jules, literally just this thing. You will be able to find me, JulesRivera.com. Um, I really should get LoveJules.com. I think I do have LoveJules.com. So and we have LoveJules, J-O-O-L-Z. See, the reason why it's spelled stupid like that is in my very first book, Love Jules, Manic Pixie Nightmare Girl, um, which I've got I love that name. I can't get over that name. Yeah, a good friend. Yeah, a friend of mine gave that to me at a wedding. And I was like, I'm going to use that. That's a good one. So, uh, in fact, I can actually get through this. Sure. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> well, this is a fun group tonight. We got a lot, <laughs> a lot of different vibes, energies, different waves to kind of go off of Jules there. There she is. Ooh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. The so Virgin Mary. Don't forget Virgin. Is uh it is the original um Love Jewels book. Situated. There we go. I'm annoying. The glare makes it seem like she's holding a machine gun while surfing. She it's is holding throw a machine gun. Oh, she sure. is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the university where I was teaching had a mass shooting that year, right? Just as I was about to release this book. With the mm. eight with the uh, um, AR fifteen on the cover, so I was like, 
Always good timing. No one's getting murdered by flamethrowers yet. So uh, I figured flamethrower on a surfboard is okay, politically but, acceptable. But Jules, now that you've said that out loud on a podcast, next week we're going to find out about the flamethrower. You know. <laughs> Watch him. She, she, she brought Not it to existence. <laughs> Anyway, Manic Pixie Nightmare Girl, this is my very first Love Jewels book, and the reason why I call Love Jewels Love Jewels is because do, 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 do. when I was in my MySpace days, I, uh, let me see if I can get this line up with the camera. Right. When I was in my MySpace days, I would write really angry blogs, and at the end of it, I would just close it with Love Jewels. Like, fuck your face, fuck your butt, fuck your dad, fuck this boss, fuck your face, all of you, I hate you all. Love Jules. And like, that was the vibe. So I'm like, you know what? This, this weird comic, this strip that I just started just for no reason other than spitball. I was just like, okay, what if I just called it just that same little shitty sign off? Love Jules! <laughs> Love Jules. I feel, like, I feel like I should use that now. Next time somebody's really, really just annoyed me, I'd be like, you know what? Love Jules. Love Jules. <laughs> yeah, hashtag Love Jules. You have to say Fuck you! It's some horrible tirade of whatever. Love jewels. Love jewels. Love jewels. 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 Climate going to destroy your neighborhood because of your bad choices. Love <laughs> MySpace. We, me, and Maxie were, were were talking about MySpace a little while ago before you guys joined us. MySpace. MySpace, man. I was telling her how oh. I had a whole mess of people mad at me because I didn't put them on my top five friends oh. and all that bullshit. Oh, the, oh, the top eight caused a lot of relationships, <laughs> as I recall. Yeah, several of my friends were like, how come I'm not in your top five? I'm like, who gives a shit? It's <laughs> like, I just put random people, like, even my ex-boyfriend got mad because I didn't put him as the, the number one person. I'm like, it's a fucking list, big deal. He's, algorithm. Like, He's like, well, you're on my number one. You got to do the same. I'm like, Whatever. Oh my god! Social media, everybody. That was a start. Tate, you know what? Tom was my friend. That's all I remember. Social media and relationships. Good. <laughs> well, guys, no, definitely, uh, Jules and Maxie, definitely go check out their work. Let's let's go ahead and support them. Let's make sure we can get their names out there more and more and more and more. And lovely, lovely work. Yeah. Um, I just, whenever I'm out there surfing, I just remember that, uh, you know, if anybody, most people I surf around are real cool. They're real chill. Like, nobody wants to start trouble. And I, I went party waving with a dog once. And a party wave is when you have two surfers and they're on the wave and they're going ahead at the same time. So that it's like everyone's having a party on the same wave, party wave. Okay. So it's not like point break, right? Like they're all dangerous, like guys with guns and also surf, right? I and also diving. Of, there are definitely a couple of loony birds out there for sure. Um, they don't step through. They, they te- I hate to say this, they tend to be, be meaner to the white girls because I think they see this island girl face and I'm like, I will drown your ass like you were the Spanish. And they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's right. I ride surfboard and that surfer for I'm crazy too. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we, we have the greatest gift ever of Chubby what Bunny just telling somebody exactly what they need to hear uh, with her finger over and over and over, over and, and over, over again, again in their face. I love this. What program is that? Is that like <laughs> a... It's an automatic on, on TikTok, so... 
I love that. Oh my gosh. There you go. Flipping birds. <laughs> yeah, Jules has a bird in her book. Maybe not that one, but there's a bird. Uh, there's there's Blackbird. He gets his own chapter usually because people don't understand what the hell Blackbird even is. They're like, what the hell is Blackbird? And I'm like, this is uh, a <laughs> bird. Oh, Literally Blackbird. a bird flying so hard. There we go. No. Yes. 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 Buy the yeah, book to right. get the real story. Ah, there we go. Yeah, Blackbird is just when I need a little character to play off of, he's just the dude I ended up drawing in because um in the original um conversation that I was having with my friends, sometimes if I want to like cover people's identities or like, you know, make the conversation not necessarily he's the stand in. Or they're the stand in. But he he's the stand in that like kind of became the main character, or, like he's just the main I'm not sidekick, but he's like I he's guess, the foil. Yeah, he's the foil. Yeah. You're you're there a high you student, you know, English literature, you know, and oh, whatever. you're a teacher too, you know this. <laughs> Bro, I teach storyboarding. I don't teach nothing about grammar. I'm like, I do grammar good. I do grammar good. He doesn't speak good like English like me and I, you and you do. Yep. That's okay. it. that's where I'll end it. Now, now that now hold on. Maxie's holding up a picture that is in theory. You know the, the the handsome stallion here with 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 all of this uh, hair flying off his chest. In reality, is actually a picture of me because uh, <laughs> oh, okay. is my chest. It also does that. It's a uh, new character. There's a reason I wear multiple layers of shirts. It's to protect society from the oh, greatness okay. of of the of the wow. hair. You know, you'll cause traffic accidents, right? People will just swarm off the road seeing you. What you had to do is you get a medallion, put that down right there, like. <laughs> like you put a gold medallion on that man fur and show it off. Man fur. I need, uh, to get, I need to get those deep V's like they did in the seventies, where they should be like, yeah, the V neck that goes down to your belly button. Yeah, basically. Like. <laughs> so speaking of things yeah. from decades past, there are two comic book adaptations that have been made into TV shows recently, both of which are are very much based around 90s and 80s culture, which I think is very fascinating. I think it's, it's, a, it's very telling about a lot of Gen X culture and Gen X mindsets. And all I got to say is, I am so sorry. Oh, my God. Y'all were raised by wolves. <laughs> Last key generation. That's how it works. Oh. Well, let's talk. Let's pick one and start there. How about we start with... The show, I, I'm a fan, Paper Girls. Let's talk about Paper Girls. Amazon streaming, the whole thing's out. If you haven't seen it, go see it. We're not going to spoil, per se. We're going to talk about it yeah. and you know, kind of chat our thoughts and go from there. I think, is it okay to spoil at least the first episode or two? Because I feel like once you get into the plot, you have to discuss it a little bit. Um, I, I agree. I didn't know what it was. I knew the comic book existed, but I didn't read it. I, I, I know I'm a big fan of uh, Brian K. Vaughn. I, I love his stuff. But I didn't read that 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 comic, and Ooh, so all I knew is my, in the my, homework. It, in my head, homework. it was um, kind of like Stranger Things, but with the female cast. Uh, and, and having watched the show now, I feel like that's kind of accurate in plot only. In that you have a, a these kids from the '80s going into this like over the top sci-fi kind of environment, um, uh, and that is fueled by nostalgia. However, unlike Stranger Things, which is this artificial nostalgia in which these kids are like, boy, do you remember Ghostbusters? And yet they live in the time period of Ghostbusters. This is a, what I'm going to call it, diegetic nostalgia in that these mm -hmm. kids actually are remembering 
the eighties that they were literally in and that the people in the present are not. So it's like, it's, it's a thing. And yeah, I know big, big words, big words. Um, but no, the point is I didn't know any of that. Feelings. We'll get to that. Please continue. So, so I saw it kind of like plot wise, very similar to stranger things, but the feel is entirely different because while stranger things is adventure and thriller and, and, and a little bit of horror and comedy when they can fit it in, this is definitely sci-fi drama, and I like it. It's, diff- it's a different kind of thing. I like Stranger Things too, but it's, it's a different kind of thing. So while in, in, on the surface, it seems very strange, thing, Stranger Things like, I don't think somebody going in is going to be like, oh, it's another Stranger Things, and it is not. It's something very different. Is that, is that Jules, accurate? What do you, you think? What are your thoughts? Okay. I saw Paper Girls. I read Paper Girls before I heard of Stranger Things. <laughs> So, so well, w- describe the comic for me. A- a- am I describing it at all okay? Because I've not read it. Actually, I think you've just, well, from the impression I got when I was reading it, it, it kind of was based like in the 80s. These girls are actually paper girls because, you know, they're just delivering the paper and then all of a sudden these aliens come out and you okay, know where it goes from there. I'm not without spoiling it. You know, you it's know, funny you say the word aliens because I really feel like, at least in the, in the TV show, the costumes that the... I'll call them a bad guys. I don't know enough about the show yet to know if there's more than that. Um, I, the costumes they're wearing feels to me like what a sci-fi costume would have looked like in the eighties. You know, like mm. if you watch like the V, the, you know, the visitor show from the eighties, silver and robes, yeah, exactly. And, white. and, and even yeah. the guns are like just tubes basically. And I'm like, that's, that's how the eighties saw the future. And then when you see other people, they have like scars and, and like robotics and stuff. And that's like late eighties, how they see the future. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny to me in that it's the future. But from the point of view of the 80s, I really feel like it is, even though it's the comic book is, is only from a few years ago. Yeah. Jules, what do you think? Paper Girls. Hey, here's what you've got to understand about me, all right? I, I look really amazing for my age, but I'm very, very old, okay? <laughs> I'm old enough to remember when paper boys were getting snatched in the 80s. Like, my mom was such a fan of watching America's Most Wanted at the time loved that show i it would be yeah. fucking traumatized Which, yeah. kept watching it yeah and the reason why that sticks with me is because some you know as a young kid like maybe six or seven i would have been at the start of the 90s all right i remember living through the 80s and going this is some bullshit i i never liked the 80s i've always hated the 80s living through the 80s is not a thing i want to do ever again now yeah, that's why I don't. I can't watch Stranger Things. I can't watch any of the '80s nostalgia because I don't feel nostalgia for the '80s itself. Some of the media properties, great, cool, awesome. I can stream that shit. Awesome, love it. We don't have to go back to the '80s. We're already reliving the damn '80s. You try to go to LR right now. That's like going back to the Bronx in the '80s. Oh, <laughs> anyway, Stranger. I mean, we're getting a Barbie movie, so there you go. So we'll we'll, just, we'll, go, we'll skate past that one. Um, <laughs> literally. I mean, so wait, so a minute ago, let me get my finish. Let me get a point. This is on a very, very near and dear fear of mine where, um, you know, if you were a kid, you were taught, don't go out at night. Hell no, you ain't delivering papers. It was when the paper routes were stopping because those paper boys were getting snatched and murdered into it. So uh, for me, watching paper girls is terrifying. It's harrowing. I'm like, how is it too real? These girls are 12 years old and they're delivering papers at 4 o'clock in the morning? Oh, my God. 
pain and suffering. I, I just feel like all nothing but pain and suffering. And what kind of economic poverty foolishness made this theme impossible in the first place? Freaking Ronald Reagan. Oh, God. So anyway, <laughs> Paper Girls is very hard for to watch if you remember the 80s. Oh, I just remembered. Ronald Reagan has a cameo in that first episode, which is by itself traumatic. <laughs> very creepy. Uh, here's my thoughts. I read Paper Girls, and I'm a fan Frank K. Vaughn. I watched the show through and through, but here's my impression just in general, the first few episodes. I enjoyed it. My wife had never heard of the property, never heard anything about this, sat down and watched it and went, hmm, I like this. It's more, I want to say a more Stranger Things is pop. This is more punk. This is more indie. There's a, this, is a, this is not a love letter to the 80s. For me, no, it's a swan not. song. This yeah. is a swan song. Let's put the 80s behind us and look forward and yeah so this I is did. definitely not a love letter it's set in the that's why i said it's like diegetic nostalgia it's nostalgia of the characters live there and even they're like I, I i don't have fond memories of my childhood i don't have fond memories it's not like uh, uh something jules said earlier which is like kind of apologizing to the younger generation for all of this like like retro 80s stuff that pops up in the thing it's like uh, we are getting so many properties that are just um, and, and, and this has always been a thing, by the way. Everybody always like, oh, the remakes, that's always been a thing. You know, Happy Days was about the 50s, and that 70s show was about the 70s. But there is so many things made about 80s properties. Like, it's, it, it is kind of ramming it down the, the younger generation's throats. Paper Girls gives you a group of tough girls. Yeah. They're, not, they're not these girls that are typical. The first scene, the first movie episode, we'll use that instead of the book, right? In this series, is them defending themselves against these assholes. Like she said, Jules said, guys trying to fucking rough them up, rob them. I'm God like, knows I'm what. Like, I swear, I thought this was going to be a story about these girls fighting against getting kidnapped. Because I'm like, oh God, please don't get kidnapped. Please don't get kidnapped. Oh God, I can't do it. I can't take it. Oh, no, but look I at how, like, I love that there's no... There's no leader in this group, even though it's kind of a faux leader in a way, right? With Mac, the shorter there, there, girl, but there's they're a not. leader depending on the scene, right? And I think at the beginning, it's always the same character, but then on different <laughs> scenes, it's a different person who's the leader for a different reason. I think that they each bring a strength to the team that really shines early on, right? There's a commitment to family, it's a commitment to uh, themselves. Someone, someone just wants to get the fuck out of their situation, you know? Yeah. Like there's different situations here that. Anybody can look at this and correlate something with one of the characters, right? Even to the smallest spec, but there's something you can connect with. And what I enjoy that these characters are strong, mm -hmm. especially when you go through the series in the book. Like the actors themselves, their performances are great. Great, great acting in this show. Great acting all the way through. Uh, th th there's one scene, because uh, I'm like four or five episodes in right now. There's one scene that drew attention to something that I found kind of interesting because like several of the characters, there's time travel involved. Several characters want yeah. to know about their future or whatever. But one character literally has zero interest in learning about her future. And, and that's not, I, I appreciate that. That's not something you normally see in these kind of stories where somebody's like, no, I don't want to know. That's not a, that's not a door I want opened. And I'm like, you know what? I, 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 I can appreciate that. I, I get that. That's not something we normally get with these things. You know what I felt when I watched it? When they started confronting their older selves, let's say, I felt like fuck. Would a twelve-year-old me kick my ass? <laughs> like, cause like, because I'm like shit. Like, twelve-year-old me was a whole different dude than I am right now. You know, as far as like one of the characters I kind of correlate with, she's like, "Our plan was this. Why are you not here?" 
You know, like she literally tore the her older self apart, saying like, "You're fucking up. What did you do wrong?" And it's like, "Fuck!" Like that hit me in a way, and I was like, "Maybe I could, I could look back and go, Mac, something could have been done different." But this show does that; it brings those little beats out of you. So uh, I don't know, Maxie, what do you think yeah. about that whole deal? I mean, you read the book, you know more ahead than, and I've read the book too. Um, this season goes as let's say I would say to about the first five issues so it goes pretty deep i've only read the first book because um mm-hmm. i i my my local comic book shop didn't have the other ones i was the only one they had how dare um, they but i i don't remember if that particular part was in the first book because oh. i read it so long ago and i gotta read it again but <laughs> actually I, let me mm-hmm. maxie let me ask you this um, if you could, uh, if your 12 year old self confronted you today, you know, what would you tell them? Like, what would you tell, what would you tell your 12 year old self? Like, would it be, would, would she be impressed about your attitude and, what would and encouraged, she do? What would she or would say? she get angry at you? And I was just about to touch on that. <laughs> if my 12 year old self saw me, how I am now. Because when I was 12, I wore baggy clothes because I was trying to hide my curves. I wore ponytails because I didn't think I was pretty enough to be considered a girl. Like, boys and certain people in my life were saying, you're too ugly and fat to be a girl. So if 12-year-old me saw me how I am now, she'll be like, dude. I'm like, yeah, right. Like, no, dude, what is this? And I'm like girl stuff it's like but why i'm like i don't know just one day i woke up and i realized fuck it people are gonna hate me for no matter what i do i might as well just do what i like and then if she sees that i'm still drawing because 12 year old me was discouraged from drawing because it's not considered a real career and my bully actually grabbed my art notebook and tore it to bits and i didn't draw for like maybe two years after that so that, that like, happened to twelve-year-old me as well, but it was a teacher. Oh yeah, Shit. I also had a teacher that bullied me too when I was twelve. So I'm telling you, twelve-year-old me will be like, "Dude, we're successful," and I'm like, <laughs> "I guess you can call it successful." She's like, "We're drawing," and it's like, "Yeah, and people are paying us monthly for it." And she'll be like, "Oh, for reals?" I'm like, "Yeah." I want to watch that episode of 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 Paper Girls with Maxie meeting her twelve-year-old now, twelve-year-old self and now. Then, and then, like, 12-year-old me, if she if she was like, so, hey, um, are we, like, married? I mean, do we, like, get over our body issues? I'll be like, oh, no, we still have those moments where, like, you know, I'm too fucking fat for this shit. But, no, we have this, you know, hot, gorgeous god of a man that worships us like the goddess we are. And I'll show her a picture. And she'll be like, oh, he's hot. And I'm like, yeah, and he loves us. And she'll be like, Ugh. She'll probably pass it out <laughs> from the happiness, and I might have to resuscitate her. But yeah, twelve-year-old me would probably be like, "Oh my god, dude!" That's awesome. That's cool, Jules. What about you, a twelve-year-old Jules? I'm sorry. Once again, I may direct you to the laser palm tree. You're still twelve. Okay, I see it. <laughs> Your twelve-year-old self will be like, "Fuck yeah!" My twelve-year-old self would love the laser palm tree. Impressed to shit about me. She'd be like, what the fuck? You did all this? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, I mean, the one drawback is that she'd like, I'd be like, well, wait. Okay, wait. 
and be like, well, we, we had the hot husband, but we had to lose him because he was stupid. So um, whatever. Now you get to be married to all of the boys who show up to my friend. And told her old be like, wait a minute, how many boys is that? Hot. <laughs> We're hot. As it turns out, your sister was being a hag to you all of those years because she was super jealous because you're a lot prettier and smarter than she is. Oh, is Damn. that what people mean to me? Yeah, yeah, that's why. You know, because you're the gifted kid and she's the dumbass. So yeah. Mm. Kevin, twelve year old Kevin Garcia. What do you think? Surfing. Not done, okay. Surfing. Surfing. I'd be like, yeah, you know all that asthma we had and everybody told us we couldn't go, you know, do sports? Now I'm a surfer and I'm making surf books about it. She'd be like, yes! And I'd be like, we will get justice! Okay, Sick. now you can go happy. <laughs> Kevin, what about you, man? 12-year-old uh, Kevin Garcia meets you now. I don't know. 12-year-old me would probably be like, uh, first of all, what the hell? Time travel's real? Then uh, follow that up with, uh, do we still draw? And I'm like, not, not really. Do we still write? Yes. Do we do any comic books? Work for Marvel. And I'm not going to tell him that all I did for Marvel was work for the handbooks. I mean, it's still Marvel. It still counts. Uh, but you yeah, but get to find out I worked for Marvel. And then he'd be so happy that he would disappear back into the ether. And I'd be like, all right, it, it's cool. It's cool. That's all he needed. That's all he needed to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work for Marvel. I know, 12-year-old me would be like, yeah, I have a family. That's what I wanted. I always wanted a family. I really did. I really just wanted a family. Um, had a not the best situation at times. So, but I, I always wanted a family. So my twelve year old, like, cool, you got a family. And I always wanted to write. I'm still writing. But I think he would kind of hit me over the head and tell me things like, "Why, like, why aren't you writing more? Why, why aren't you doing more?" Because I was always very like, "Let's go get shit done." At twelve, now I'm more hesitant. But, you know, I'm why getting there, so maybe a little bit. Why are you hesitant? Why are you worrying about making something crappy? Because that, I tell you, a lot of white dudes in Hollywood do not seem to have that worry. They're like, I'm True. garbage on purpose. Just make it, make it crappy. Oh, no, I, I don't know. I, I make stuff. It sits there in a fucking drawer, and then I walk away for five years, and I come back and stumble across, like, oh, this shit was dope. I never oh, did anything with it. Well, great. Can I teach the magic of TikTok? You just put the camera in front of you, the phone in front of your artwork, go, and, and yeah, and, and you just act it out and it's fine. You're like there my you kid. My kid now is 12 years old. And my son's like, What did you want to do when you were when you were my age? And I was like, Oh, I wanted to write. He goes, Why can't you write? Like, what's stopping you? Like, he's telling me, he's in the other room drawing or doing animations and with his buddies over, um, Discord recording audio for an animation he's making on his fucking computer that I have no clue why or how he learned how to do it, but he did. Like, he is driven to do it. So that drive is probably what 12-year-old me would look like, Freddie. Come on, man. Pick up the pace, bro. But yeah, I like Paper Girls. I'm excited for it to move forward. I've recommended it to a few people that are not even comic book fans at all, and they Definitely. enjoy the yeah. shit out of yeah. it. Yeah, this is not like... A lot of people, yeah, I think for a long time, a lot of comic book adaptations didn't admit they were comic book adaptations they because because really people always thought comic books had to be superheroes. You know, heck, even even Blade, like the first Marvel Studios kind of movie, was not advertised as a comic book movie, right? But yeah. now that that comic book movies are everywhere, people are going to hear, oh, it's a comic book, and they might get a little intimidated by that. But you're right, it's definitely not that. My only hesitation on Paper Girls is that. 
it is a slow burn at first. Like it takes a bit for it to really, really kick off and it stays slow burning, but like it, it's, it's an emotional slow. Like, so it really does keep you on the whole way. I, I like it. I mean, if you guys haven't watched it, you guys listening, go check it out. Give us your opinions. I'm sure we'll have a, a review happen here after a couple more episodes are, are viewed. But Jules, you have something you want to say? I'll give I'll give Paper Girls credit for this much. It really captures how the '80s felt, like for real felt, like scary. Was, yeah, like it wasn't like fun '80s. It was like it was like neon and stuff. I'm like, no, that was what was on our wristwatches and our televisions. Our houses were brown for some reason. Yep, all of them the very brown. They were all really weirdly brown, and like everything was tacky, beige. Tacky, a lot of beige, a lot of mauves, a lot of mauve abuse. We all had those yellowish plastic cups, right? Everybody had those. Yeah. Ah. With the weird film that would like eventually build up somehow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It feels like the 80s really felt. I feel like that's important to relate to people. To the younger generation, the movies lied to you. That wasn't the 80s. See, I was born in 1990, so I never got to live the 80s. Girl, you didn't miss nothing. Seven years, and I'm like, this is bullshit. We're done. Give me the 1990s. 90s were better. Better music. It was just better TV. I'm good. I was happy. It was not definitely. Nothing. You just thought it was good because you were on cocaine. Cocaine. Because Miami Vice was the best thing on TV, apparently. But uh, we move on to the next show we're going to talk about here tonight before we close out. Uh, we. They did a Netflix adaptation of The Sandman. Oh. How familiar are you guys with Sandman? Uh, not so. at all. No. <laughs> I, I have avoided Sandman just because it looks like goth sad boy stuff, and I don't gravitate towards goth That's sad boy. not inaccurate. Maxie, yeah, did you read Sandman? I don't know. I don't want to just die weeping and crying. All I have to do to see that is look around at every other dude out there. <laughs> Girls don't like me because I'm stupid. And I'm like, no, it's because you refuse to develop a personality and do push-ups. I read so, push-ups, yeah, guys. I, there you the go. Sandman crowd never drew me, but no. Okay. Maxie? I, I read Sandman, and um, funny thing is, I actually met one of the illustrators from Sandman. Oh, and, nice. Um, we're friends on Twitter, at least I think we still are. But when I first met him, they had the entire book series of Sandman for sale. And he was a guest speaker at my grad school um, program. <clears throat> and I I ended up making the mistake of confessing at the time that I never read Sandman. Oh, and they told him, hey, she hasn't read Sandman. He's like, don't buy the book. And I'm like, okay, you have to like at least not yet until you're ready to read sandman and i'm like okay maybe a year after that i managed uh, my my husband got me a comicsology account yeah and they had sandman you know just to like rent for free so i did that i was like you know what i'm gonna at least read the first part of sandman and i read it and i'm just like oh oh my god why <laughs> Have you had you read other Neil Gaiman before? Out of curiosity, that was my first, my first exposure to Neil Gaiman's work, and that's no why I just painful. I'm like, why? <laughs> and then, 
And then, oh no, it wasn't cringy. No, this isn't, this isn't the cringy was- OI. This is the emotional OI. This is the like, why did you hit me in that spot OI? Because oh, yes, like- Sandman visually is emo sad boy. It's, that's not wrong. And, um, <laughs> but the story I, is so I, intense. I did it to the hubs too. And I was like, hey, babe, read this with me. And he's like, what the fuck? I'm like, right? And he's like, why would they do that? I'm like, I don't. No, why? How did he make you feel your feelings? He's like, these people. I'm like, right. And he's like, why couldn't they just let him go? I'm like, because they're stupid. (laughs) Oh my God, why? And we talked about it too when I told him, when, um, because I was in Long Beach when Kevin messaged me about the podcast and I brought up to him, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about Sandman. He's like, are you talking about that one story where those a holes? caught dream because they were trying to catch his sister death yeah that one he's like oh i'm like right it's like are we reliving that moment i'm like nope i love that i love that he's asking why wouldn't they just let him go why would they do that to my which one my response would be have you met humans <laughs> humans are a thing <laughs> but uh, my, my thing is, is is i didn't read a lot of sandman i'll be honest I was a big fan of Death. I read, I, I, always, I got the graphic novel and the, the, there was a follow-up miniseries years later. And of course, I, I would read the issues where she was going to show up. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I just was really into this idea that like Death is always shown as this really scary, imposing figure. Even in, even in comedies like, like Bill and Ted or Discworld, uh, he's still intended to look imposing, you know, until you find out he's a nice guy. But here, mm-hmm. Death is a bubbly, happy teenage girl and I'm like, why does death need to be scary? You know, why does death need to be, you know, something to be feared? And I'm like, I, I just that by itself sold me on this concept. You know, I loved it. I love that idea. They, they kind of touch on that in the series, you know. And I'm not like I said, I didn't read all of Sandman as well. It kind of seemed just like overwhelming at the time. And you kind of have to be in that place, like we talked about, like to sit to read to read it and just kind of emotionally work through it. But they do cover it in the show pretty well. I mean, they talk about how, you know, in some scenarios, death shouldn't be scary. Death is not supposed to be this imposing thing. It's a welcome. Like, I'm, I'm all they want is a smiling face before they go. You know, she kind of. I did watch that episode. Kevin was like, just watch this one. And I'm like, fine. I did the assignment. I watched that one episode. I just got to say, though, it's really interesting, the optics of. Um, I, I never read Sandman, but I assume everybody inside was white. So, uh, so it's really interesting well, to see the optics of race now in um in the context of you know like a Netflix show because, I mean they change they change Death of the Endless to a uh to you know it's a, in the comic she's drawn as like a pale girl and in the in the series she's played by um by a black actress so um it just makes me realize like yeah they would give a woman of color the shit job of being Death wouldn't they like yeah. You know, it, it, let's let's touch on with the optics. It's like, hmm, I guess. Let's touch on that for a second. Let's touch on that for a second because I mean, um, she's just a spiritual janitor when you think about it. She, I mean, a janitor. Well, when you put it that way, I mean, she has closed the door on the universe on the way out. You can at least call her a custodian. You know, what's wrong with being a janitor? My point is, like, her job is the shit job nobody really wants, and she makes the best of it. But it's the shit job nobody. Well, wants. okay. Like, give that to a this is true, but. But it's also a matter of her being somebody who, when nobody ever wants to see her, 
she still has to make them feel okay. And let's be honest, that is not normally the role they give to a woman of color. Uh, usually, if it's if it's gonna because like I mean, what can you hear me? I can yeah. now. Yeah, you cut out for a second. Oh, okay, that's great. Okay, my point is like women of color are the faces we see all the time when we don't want to see, especially in hospitals, because my mother was a nurse growing up. So yeah, my mama's face was definitely somebody they didn't want to see. Like, hi, I'm here for your to change your dressing. But in in movies, but but in in pop culture, uh, very often women of color are presented as people who are uh, aggressive, uh, uh, standoffish, uh, violent, and, and, and it's like that's, by, that's yeah written, written by, by white men, written by white men, exactly. By white guys who exactly, 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 written exactly. So yeah, it is. It's rare to see it treated with care and respect, but it is just like that note of man, you want to color me? You still get the shit jobs you want? Damn, it's like <laughs> ah, just it just feels like damn, you can't catch them. Wait, they treat it humanely. So I want to. That's just the object for me. It's like <laughs> yeah, that right there. <laughs> I, I want to ask you guys. I want to ask you guys about that, which is that um, Paper Girls. I again, I didn't read the comic. But I'm assuming that the show is not one to one the comic. There may be a couple lines that are the same, but it's not going to be exactly the order and words or whatever. Sandman is panel for scene, an adaptation. They, they, I mean, admittedly, they'll cut a few things out and they may expand a little bit. But every issue, like I, I was, I was watching one reviewer saying, "I'm only watched so far issue four, but I've read up to issue six. And the idea being that it literally is. You know the show, like I, I, if you, um, I, 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 a friend of mine, I was showing it to a friend of mine, and we we're they asked what is it looking in the comic. Literally, I brought it up, and I realized it's a spoiler for what's going to happen in two scenes. So I waited, mm. and as soon as that scene showed up, I go, "Here's what it looks like," you know, in the picture. And, I mean, and the, I, I, so it has that, but but they did change um, ethnicities of several characters and even genders, and that has been a little bit of a controversy. And um, unlike a lot of other properties, that is something that was in the original comic. In the original comic, uh, these characters don't have a specific ethnicity or gender. So they literally are whatever they, they need to be or feel, feel like being. And being this friend of the 80s and 90s, rather, it, they were mostly white. But that, that comic also had some of the first real trans representation that had not been in comics prior to that. Yeah. So, you know, that I stuff was the, already there. The- the story is great. If you like my wife again, not a comic book reader at all. I told her, Hey, I'm gonna watch Sandman, we're gonna talk about it next week. She said, okay, fine. The first episode drug on for her a little bit and she was like, This is dumb. And I go, Why is it dumb? Because why is he trapped? And like kinda like her husband, like why why wouldn't the kid just let him out? It makes no sense. And I had to explain, because he's afraid. He's afraid. He's afraid of that it's gonna hurt his family, etc. But he's afraid of his dad, along. even when his dad's not there anymore, he's still afraid of he's his afraid. dad. He's afraid. He's afraid. And there are certain pockets of this, and I hope I'm not trading too much into spoiler if you really want to watch it and enjoy it. But there are certain things that I wanted to touch on. Um, again, I wasn't a big reader of the books. I read a couple here and there, but never read them thoroughly. There are a few things that I enjoy that really hit, I guess, I, 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 it hit me a certain way. The relationship he has with this, the guy he meets every hundred years. Mm-hmm. Okay? That character there, that whole oh. story, <clears throat> that arc, I would say. The character, the idea of him and his sister talking about, uh, I guess I need a little more clarity. He's trying to figure out that humans 
wouldn't appreciate immortality. Am I well, correct? Well, it's like this. If you think about the perspective of, of being dream itself, all okay. he ever sees is the ephemeral. He sees people will, who will have a thought and it's gone by the morning. So he thinks that humans are basically that, that they are here and then they're gone. And if one ever lasted, it wouldn't like doing that. So she's like, all right, I'll take you up on that bet. Let's see if that's true or not. And they pick a random guy that happens to be a guy who's not going to show up in the history books, thankfully, because I feel like that would have <laughs> been a problem for their little game if that had been a thing. Um, yeah. And say, all right, you, you want to live forever? You can live forever now. How long do you enjoy it? And his bet is that, like, well, I bet you after 100 years, a human will want to give it up. And it, it doesn't happen. And I, I got to admit, if I were in that guy's shoes, I'd be the same way. Like, I just, it, to me, it's like I want to see what the future has to offer. I want to see it happening. I want to What I took it. from it was the fact that this guy has ups and really bad lows during oh, yeah. his meet, right? Yeah. And this guy goes at the end of it, he goes, don't you want to give it up? He's like, no, because I can only go up from here. Like, this cat <laughs> had the most, like, bounce back than I've ever fucking seen on, on I mean, it took like, him 100 okay. years to bounce back, but still. True. And the fact that he's building a relationship with Dream and how that kind of ends, and I won't touch on that, but that relationship I really enjoyed. And plus, if we skip, I believe, ahead, there's a scene in the diner that they do where the ruby that he uses is a tool this ruby gives basically makes oh, yeah. anything come true. That's the episode been, before that, yeah. Yeah, so there's a diner scene where everybody he basically gives us a glimpse of the world with no he's thinking he's showing everybody their truth. He like, that you're talking about right now is is kind of a bad guy character, not the immortal guy, it's a different character. No, a different character. And again, I'm trying to be vague in case you want to go read it or watch it. Uh, but I touch on this because the idea that of a world without lies. Right, uh, there's, there's been conversations about that. A world no. without lies. You need to be able to lie. No. Oh God. What, okay, go ahead, Jules. What do you think? A world without lies. Jules, lie to me right now. Uh oh oh no no no. Let me tell you about the lie you need. I've needed to tell. Um, let's see. No, I I I, I thought the sex was fine. Your penis is great. <laughs> That was not the deal breaker at all. No, 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 sir. This is, we just want different things. It's had nothing to do with your penis not doing its job. Nope, none of that. Don't know what you're talking about. Never heard of that guy. Mm-hmm. Some people, you just cannot tell that kind of a truth to. I don't know how to tell anyone that kind of a truth. And no, I can't be that guy. I can't ever be the guy to tell somebody that hard down of a truth because sometimes there are things that your relationship will break down over Shit. there are some things women just can't say because of the risk on our lives that That's too true. but it's really the risk on your ego because I don't want to hurt you I don't want to I mean I know how it seems yes I do want to hurt you but not really but not in that way not in that that, that way that, that's going to hurt you to the core I don't need that. I don't need to be doing that to somebody. I'm going to ruin their lives. They'll be in therapy going, People like to say, right? Like relationships or even friendships, relationships, what have you. They're like, oh, if you're not 100% honest with me, this isn't going to work. Oh, baby, you were definitely the first. (laughs) Yeah, well, you had a lot of horse riding lessons as a kid? I, I, I tried being 100% honest with somebody uh, a, a while back, and it turned out that did not go well. So, yeah, I mean, 
somebody says, let's try 100% honesty. All right, let's do it. And then uh, it turns out, no, that was not what they actually wanted. I think that there's a lot to be said. Like you said, be it, everybody has an ego. Everybody has something hidden away. Everybody has a, a, a what is it, some kind of weakness in the armor, if you will, right? Where the wrong, you like, be real. You know exactly what to tell your partner that's going to hurt them. You know exactly what to say or do, right? That is literally the entire crux of love. <laughs> I know exactly what to tell people to hurt their damn feelings. It's, I will hurt your feelings, the book. And for some reason, people pay for this. And on the flip side, Maxie, that's why I like about your comics is that they always seem to know exactly what to say to make somebody feel better. Yep, jerk. And you can, you can lie to somebody, and it's a good lie. Are we okay with the definition of a good and a bad lie, or is it all bad? I think we can have both. A lie can hurt somebody. If, if the truth... I feel like you have to weigh the checks and balances, and like if the lie hurts somebody way more than the truth would, you just gotta tell them the truth. But if the truth will destroy them, and it's really just better to let them sit in ignorance than just put them in a happy little box, and it's for their own good, you better hope they don't find the key to that box. And if you do, you may be screwed. So I brought that up because, you know, in the book or in the show, they had a scene where everybody's apparently in this scenario, this this bad guy, quote unquote, made it to where nobody can lie to each other, and they're just being forthcoming with secrets and information, how they feel about each other, etc. And so I think I enjoyed that very much because I, it does kind of split up the idea of it's not just black and white because an emotion can lead you one way or another, right? If you're angry, that's how I feel right now. Not that I don't I don't love you right now, right? But when you're mad, I just don't love you. Right. So there's a difference there. Like these were more of an emotional experience in this, this episode, which drive these lies or truths to hurt people and use it against each other. And I think that I enjoyed it because it was a real great. I would have I would have I would enjoyed it because it was one episode or one issue and it drove a great hypothetical in an extreme case, of course. But he gave you the hypothetical that we always talk about. Like, oh, can you really be 100% honest? I, I do have a weird uh, flaw in the show from specifically that episode and the one after it. And it's not a, a big spoiler so much as just they talk about things that are like worldwide effects. But then the next episode, there's no reference to it. And, and, and the thing is, is that like that was probably fine for a monthly comic, you know, 30 years ago. But... I feel like there should have been a little bit more tied together there. Although that being said, those are those are still two beautiful episodes. One that is horrific all the way through, painful to watch, yeah. followed by one that is just nothing but hope and more hope and then sad, but then hope. And I'm like, I, I the, the, it's just a, a roller coaster just with those two episodes alone. And you know what's good too? It doesn't do what a lot of these shows happen to do. They, they don't. There's not filler. Because it could have been very easy that this guy, because in the first episode, they take his tools. And it would be very easy to spread out him finding the tools through a whole season, right? To just to, to make up for time. But they didn't do that. They got you, that got at, they got that out of the way pretty quick. And I appreciate that. Just move on and give me the, 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 the guts. Give me the goods. Like, I want to, I want to hear this dream and, and learn about all that stuff, you know? Like, I want to, I want that. But, 
there were a lot of shows that would just toss you a lot of filler, like driving to Nina in the desert and Stranger Things. Like, did that need to be four episodes long? No, it didn't. Like, we can get to shit and move along. So I appreciate that for Sam. And so, so far, I mean, I've watched it, the whole thing. It's on Netflix. I recommend it. There's uh, one more thing I, I wanted to touch on earlier. Uh, uh, again, real quick. We talked about race a minute ago, but I wanted to touch a bit on gender. Uh, so there's a couple of characters specifically that that, that switch genders. Lucifer uh, is, is now uh, was from a kind of a David Bowie-looking uh, male character to a, a female character, uh, presenting character. And then we have um, the big one for a lot of people is John Constantine. Time, sorry, John Constantine, uh, who is a major character in the comics, uh, is Joan Constantine in the in the show, played by uh, Jenna Coleman from Doctor Who. And, and um, I think for the most part, this stuff doesn't make a big difference. But one thing I find is interesting about specifically the Constantine character is this character is famously a bisexual character. And I want to really quickly point out, it's a lot easier to show a bisexual woman in a show than a bisexual man in a show. And I feel like while there was a lot of, of uh, you know, interesting ideas by changing genders and other stuff in the show, when they do it specifically for that character, I feel like it's almost kind of copping out a little bit is that am i wrong in that am i am i well am I wasn't there this that? whole thing that he wrote that character a as a female character as a nod to hellblazer to constantine because he couldn't put constantine in his book so he no. just wrote up a female version of that oh. am i wrong well he did for the past uh but but he did have he, dc that in sandman in the original run was was iffy on whether they would let him use dc characters for a long time but he did end up using a lot of them throughout. Uh, so Constantine showed up in the in the run. So did uh, um, uh, Element Girl. But I'm with you. I get what you're saying. That like, yeah, it's 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 been more accepted that two female characters are on screen, you know, showing affection or being you know show show that like it's more oh okay that's cool. When two men do it, it people kind of have more of a hard time accepting it or willing to watch it or having a whole problem with it. Yeah. Ah, just just one of those things. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I mean, they have like the the Corinthian. You know, he dates, and they also have other men, other men dating other men in the, in the yeah. show. There's show pretty affectionate scenes, so I don't feel like necessarily it's a big thing in this show. I feel fair like they've done a pretty enough. good job. I think it's, it's overall it's a great show. I love everything about it. Um, I know you ladies haven't watched it through and through. Well, it's an interesting show, and I really like how it touches on some you know really unique concepts and approaches to death and stuff but i mean this show um i mean it's it's a light fluffy mythology it doesn't like hit me like where i live more like paper girls did where paper girls yeah. definitely hit that vibe of stranger danger when you know when i was a tiny baby and my mom was like no damn go outside and you know i'm here reading all these stories about these paper boys getting snatched like like that to me hit a visceral nerve. Whereas Sandman, yeah. we're just watching a fantasy about a bunch of people that kind of doesn't apply. I'm like that's cool over there, I guess. Nah. Yeah, I was more invested in Paper Girls. I was like, even though I read the book, I was more like, oh man, like what's happening next? What's happening next? And even in the show, I was coping because Amazon does take a lot of liberties, right? Like, what are they going to change? What's going to be different? What's going to be the same? And they did well. Sandman hit a different chord. Right, I understood the whole idea of dreams and dreams and desires and you know, etc. The whole endless, 
Like I, I, I fed into it. I was, I allowed myself to lower my, my defenses of being just a, a critic, I guess. Right. I just enjoyed it and it was fun. I dug it. Uh, Jules, let me ask you a quick question though. Um, when it comes to Sandman and Paper Girls, are you going to continue watching either of those? Uh, and, and if so, which one? Um, this is going to be a bit of a surprising answer, but I want to say I'll probably watch a bit more of Sandman because um, Paper Girls is, ooh, that's some triggering stuff. I mean, I may end up watching mm. a bit more of it, but I may need some time to get back to it. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's a hard one. Ah. <laughs> um, but uh, but Sandman is um, it's very artistic and it's very kind of dreamy. And like I said, it's a fantasy show, so you know, all the bad stuff going on in that show, it doesn't hit me as hard, so it kind of feels like more like, you know, checking out and going to another place. Um, and like I said, I like the artistic direction. I, I really love, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the film footage, how they, you know, handle all the styling. I really like how in that one episode of, um, you know, the, the sound of her wings, um, in that one episode where based. The um, dream shows up looking like this, looking like a dime store and a scat. And I'm like, yes. So I need <laughs> that adjacent vampire guy to just show up and like, hello, I'm a vampire. And I'm like, yay, it's a vampire. <laughs> he's not really a vampire. He looks vampire adjacent, so I'll take it. How um, about you, Maxie? Are, are either of these shows going to be stuff that you're going to keep going back to? Well, <laughs> I don't have Netflix at the moment. I actually canceled my subscription. Ooh. Right before they made the Sandman announcement, so I'm like, ah, dang it. <laughs> but, um, but, but would you want? But to? if you if you have to, if you wanted yeah, to, like, do I want to go watch Sandman or do I want? What between the two, or would you just watch both? I would actually would love. I mean, I think I I think I can watch it on my Amazon subscription. So most likely for now, I'm just gonna stick to Paper Girls. If I somehow decide to get my Netflix account back, or if I bug my brother for his, <laughs> maybe <laughs> I would consider. Don't let I Papa would, Netflix find out about that. I would definitely watch Sandman because I did enjoy the the comic, the the first one that I I read. Um, I was just tripping like when I first read it, I was tripping out, but I enjoyed it overall. And like you know, talking about this whole concept of death. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by the subject of death, and people look at me weird because it's like, like, are you sure you want to do this? Because you know you could invoke death, and I'm like, I don't really view death as something scary. You are like, amongst friends right now and discussing. Like I'm, death. I'm Mexican American. We <laughs> celebrate. I don't want to say it, but I'm like, I don't, I couldn't remember if she was Mexican, but like. If you're Mexican, aren't you goth as fuck anyway? Like, what? <laughs> you have a whole holiday. Yeah, Day of Muertos. Right? We, we yeah. celebrate Day de los Muertos, and it's like, death you know. holiday. Death of you know, Like, in the Aztec culture, death, um, people didn't mourn their dead. They celebrated their lives. Yeah. They're like, his death isn't the end. It's the beginning of something new. So it's like, my whole view on death revolves around that concept. So that's why, like, if you see some of my artwork, I draw skulls. I, I draw succubuns holding a skull or crushing it with their thighs. As one should. Like, <laughs> check out our Patreon, guys. Love your artwork. I love, love, love it. <laughs> right? So it's like, you know, just like reading it, I was just like, huh. 
like yeah it was still like what the fuck what the fuck why you know why would you capture why would you not release dream you idiot but i think it's it's just it speaks to this internal need to kind of just enjoy the fantasy like you'll say it's a fantasy but you also get to touch on things that you connect with right that's why i like love comic books there's always some connection to whatever you're reading i love art because art's an expression of that feeling that place in your life right some another a poet told me one time um because i interviewed him and i told him and he kind of checked me on it and i want to kind of wrap with this he told me i told him i said hey man i've heard this this uh this one i guess quick quip or something he says that um business can exist without art but art cannot exist without business. And he goes, no. He goes, art happens when you're alone. Art can happen, it happens when you're alone. Because at the end of the day, that expression, that feeling, you had that on your own. No one coaxed it out of you. When someone coaxed it out of you or makes it business, it's no longer art, right? And so with these comic books with these series with these works that maxi does that jules does that kevin does that i do like it's it happens when you're alone it's a feeling we invoke that's why i love artists i love creatives i love that you guys came on my show hearing kevin and me we wanted to just to grow this and just uh, welcome you guys back whenever you want to pip more wares show off some of your cool stuff or just shoot the shit you know and talk and we can you know, crack wise about, you know, surfing culture or Maxi dressing some asshole down at a convention and, or, you know, and just talk about TV. But guys, um, Maxi, before we go, just uh, show, shoot out your at one more time and then we'll do the same for Jules. Uh, thanks for visiting. Go ahead, Maxi. Sure. So, like, again, I'm, I guess I should type it in the, the comments section. Well if I, if I could time out for a quick second we're yeah, a podcast primarily so we're mainly going to be audio we, yeah we have we have video clips online but we mainly do audio so just yeah, we do audio like, and we'll take snippets of video here and there to kind of advertise it but more than likely everything will be like links but you can just verbalize it and then yeah, i'll put links out. and everything yeah you guys have access to it anyway so um again casudo productions um the uh, tiktok youtube Instagram. I forgot. I do have a website, uh, casudoproductions.com. I do have Chronicles of a Chubby Bunny on Webtoons, but I haven't worked on it because I don't know if it was Webtoons. Somebody screwed up my rating, so no one was really reading Chubby Bunny on Webtoons, but I might consider bringing it back. Guys, go check out Chubby Bunny. (laughs) Look out Webtoons. (laughs) Depending on how many people ask me to bring it back, um, I am currently working on two books. I did promise you guys one, show you one of them. So one of the comics I'm currently working on is Succubuns. Oh, nice. Ooh, I, I, like I, that. I love the title. And I love so it. Basically, it's a love letter to all my haters. Like, okay, fuckers. <laughs> talk shit about me. You want to send me death threats. You want to send me death wishes. Okay, then. Here we go. We have a sexy plus size succubus that um she eats and fucks misogynistic men like she will lure them out she'll flirt with them she'll fuck them and then she'll eat them in a hard there you go that's my webtoons yay well we'll eat them in a slow painful death um so i'm working on that i'm also working on chronicles of a chubby bunny 
volume four, which is the origin story of Handsome Stanley and I. So that's a sneak peek of a another project I'm working on. And then I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, Inktober. That happens ah, during the yeah. month of October. Yeah, every so, day. I think 2019 or 2020, I finished the entire Inktober series. Like I actually did do 31 drawings and I did it. And because Inktober was copyrighted by the original creator, hmm. I had to do my own spin called Thicktober. So I drew nice. a bunch of size ink drawings, all those originals, most of them already sold. So for this year's Thicktober, I'm doing a twist. Um, gonna be drawing plus size men instead yeah villains and for matter of fact i did a practice sketch of handsome stallion as an incubus Ooh. i love it that's <laughs> showing great. Off, it's a good look it's a good look showing yeah. off his plus size curves and his hairy body so i told him you're gonna be posing for me for a whole month so you better get ready. And he's like, can I pose naked? I'm like, pose over the hip. <laughs> <laughs> I get those poses. I so am he's so happy for you. He's down for that. Um, there you go. You can definitely find me. And also Patreon, if you would like exclusive NSFW art, if you sign up for the top two tiers, uh, those who sign up for the physical tiers get a print and a sticker every two months. And it's usually an NSFW sticker showing boobs. <laughs> there you go. I'm a um, fan. <laughs> always a positive. Always. Yeah. Jules, <laughs> what do you got for us? Well, uh, if you look for me on social media, I'm L O V E dot J O O L Z. Jules is spelled weird, but if you Google, if you just Google me, I'm just J U L E S Rivera. I am on Webtoons at the. Uh, Go to search Love Jewels on Webtoons. I'm there. Uh, most of my like recent surfer stuff is up there. Um, what else? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jules Rivera, but I also have a surfer, a surfer Instagram or surfer Twitter and a surfer Instagram. That's just love.jewels.surfs. Uh, if you find me on TikTok, I'm just at Love Jewels. Um, on TikTok, I mostly just make surfer videos, but sometimes I make art videos too. It's been a rough year. I'm just trying to get over some cracks, you know. I'm getting back into it. Sometimes when you have situational depression, you mm -hmm. uh, it tends to uh, mess with your productivity. So it can. But Believe me, I know Jules, that. Believe me, I know follow that. Follow Maxi, and of course, we Sir Kevin Garcia dot com, monomythic dot com, and uh, Kevin, I know you're practically collapsing. You look pale. You look tired. You look lagged. Yeah. I, I went through uh, five weeks oh, of Kevin. going through, huh? It sounds so insulting. Like, you're pale, Kevin. I'm talking to me so white. Yeah. Don't call me. So, yeah, I went through five weeks of doing four comic book conventions, each one getting larger and larger. Uh, and then after that, I followed up with uh, two weeks of driving through the Rocky Mountains in a moving truck uh, through the rain. Uh, so my brother can move to Seattle, and uh, now in uh, two days I start school again. So uh, back to the classroom teaching. So there we go. <laughs> but we're gonna have more to do here in the future. Let's follow everybody on social media. Let's make sure we all get that love, support each other, support the art, and of course, Primos know we're here week to week. Check us out at My Primos Podcast, and you'll hear from us next week. Adios. Good night. We out. Woo.